You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. As always, if you are ready, if you're here with me and you're ready to jump into the Word, I need you to get your phone out if you're taking notes, get a journal if you like physical notes, get your Bible out if you want to follow along with me, um, and if you're joining with us for the first time tonight or you've kind, of been, you've kind of been out recently, we are currently in a series right now called Simple Gospel. Look at your neighbor say, Simple Gospel. Simple Gospel. And... Um, This series, we are looking at the power of the gospel. If you remember, in week one, we talked about how simple things, even though sometimes we overlook simple things because we get so used to them, really, how many of y'all remember, simple things are really powerful things, right? Simple things are powerful, and in the same way, the gospel is something that is extremely simple. And it's something that if you grew up in church, like a lot of us in the room, We hear about the gospel all the time and we can get used to it and forget how actually powerful it is. Our verse for the series is Romans 1.16. We looked at it in week one. It says this. It says, this is Paul talking, by the way. For I am not ashamed of the what? The gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news. Why? Why am I not? Why does Paul say this? Check this out. Because it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And how many of y'all know this series has been so good so far? Man, week one, I want to do a quick recap. Week one, um, we looked at the gospel, which is the good news. And how many of y'all know, we talked about this in week one. If you are really going to fully understand how good the good news actually is, you actually got to know how bad the bad news is, right? Do you all remember that? And we looked at the bad news, the fact that Jesus didn't just come to fix our mistakes or to forgive our sins, but how many of you know he came to give you a completely new nature? Because like Pastor Jar said, you didn't just make mistakes before Jesus, you were dead before Jesus. But when you receive Jesus, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, You're not just forgiven of your sins. You're given a completely new nature, the Ferrari grace, right? Y'all remember Ferrari grace? If you know, you know, you had to be there. Go back and listen to the podcast. And then week two, Pastor David. How many of y'all were there for Pastor David's word? Man, so good. Our worship pastor came. He was our guest speaker and he brought a face melter of a word. And we looked at the fact that you and I, according to the Bible, are sheep. Somebody say bad. Look to your neighbor and say, you a sheep. Look to your other neighbor and say, you a fluffy sheep. You fluffy. And that's not a fat joke. Um, you're a sheep. According to scripture, according to Jesus, you are a sheep. And what do sheep need? They need a shepherd. That's right. And so we looked at how... Obviously, Jesus is our shepherd. God is our shepherd. But not only that, uh, that you are called to have multiple shepherds in your life. And your leaders count as a shepherd. Your pastors, me, all of the people that are above you that you want to look like one day. These are people that you can ask for help 
you can ask for guidance and they can shepherd you like a shepherd would a sheep, right? That's really hard to say really quickly. But that's what we talked about. And even last week, y'all, last week was pack the house and it wasn't specifically a simple gospel message, but I don't think it could have lined up more perfectly with the series that we're in. If y'all were here last week, we looked at an essential for the Christian faith, which is what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Man, and I'm so proud of you guys for who, who came down last week and received the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time ever, or maybe for a refilling. But we looked at the fact that uh, just like my glasses and how I was trying to adapt my whole life because I couldn't see because I needed the power of my glasses in the same way, man, just like, just like that, we as disciples, we as Christians, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to see and to be effective Christians. Can somebody say amen for me? Amen. All right, so if you've got a Bible with you, we're going to be continuing in Simple Gospel. And just like this series that we're in on the weekend, Ship Shape, how many of y'all have been enjoying that, that series on the weekend? If you, if you haven't been there, it's been so good. But just like that series, how it's building upon every single week, in the same way this series is doing the same thing. And so what we're talking about tonight, man, it's so important and it's so, it's so crucial to your walk with God. And so I want to encourage you to lean in with me tonight, get the most out of it. We're going to be starting off today in Luke chapter one, the book of Luke. It's one of the gospels. This book is considered the synoptic gospel because Matthew, Mark, and Luke are really similar. And the book of John is kind of its whole other ballgame. The book of John's way different, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke are similar, so they're called the synoptic gospels. And I want to look at the introduction. It's kind of a weird place to read for a message, but I want to look at the introduction for the book of Luke. And really what Luke is telling us in this passage is why he wrote the book of Luke. It's pretty cool. Check this out. Follow along with me on the screen. Here's what it says. It says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Okay, pause. What did we just read? Really simply, what Luke is saying is many people, since Jesus has died and been risen and gone into heaven again, a lot of people who saw him, they were eyewitnesses, and people who were his disciples have been writing about Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, let's continue. Look what he says. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided I'm going to write something too. I'm going to write something, an orderly account for you. What is he talking about writing? The book of Luke. The most excellent Theophilus. That's who he was writing to specifically. So that you may know the certainty of the things that have been taught. Okay. What did we just read? It's kind of random, kind of a weird passage. I've said this before, New Song students, and I'm going to say it again. One of the greatest things that you can do and that I can do to help understand God's word when we're reading, because how many of you know, have you ever written God's, read God's word and walked away from it and been like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Am I the only one who's done that before? Raise your hand. It's okay to be real in church. You read the Bible and you're like, what? Did, <laughs> what? What did I just read? One of the greatest things you can do is slow down. Because how many of you know, sometimes we're just trying to check off that to-do list on reading God's word, and we're just trying to read it too fast to get it done. 
And we're trying to get that daily reading in for the day. So we're like, okay, how many chapters? I'm reading one chapter today. Check, I'm a good Christian. And then we just move on with our life. And we read too fast. And one of the greatest things you can do to help you understand what you're reading is just to slow down. And when you slow down, not only do you give your brain time to catch up with what you're actually reading, but you actually open up uh, the opportunity for God to breathe some life into what you're reading. So when you slow down, you pick up on things that you wouldn't normally pick up on. Now, I want to read this passage again because I was reading it slow actually last year. This is a message I wrote last year. And I was reading this passage slow and something stuck out to me that I really want you guys to see. I'm going to read it in a different translation. Here's what it says. Inasmuch, which is a really interesting word to start a paragraph with. Has anybody ever said inasmuch in the past six weeks? Not me. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. Look at this. This next part is super crucial. Somebody say super crucial. Let's look at what Luke says. Because all those people that were witnesses and ministers wrote an account about Jesus Look what he says. It seemed good to me also, having followed all the things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. In other words, Luke is saying, it seemed good to me to write the book of Luke, which eventually became the Bible. It's kind of crazy. So look at this. I want to actually piggyback off of Pastor David's message from two weeks ago. And we all know we learned a very important thing in his message, and it's that we're sheep, right? We're sheep. According to the Bible, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've made him the Lord of your life, uh, you're not just a new creation, you're not just a new, you have a new nature, but you're a sheep and you're fluffy and you need a shepherd, right? And also according to scripture, sheep have the ability to do something. Look at what Jesus says his sheep have the ability to do. John 10, 27 says, my sheep, somebody say my sheep, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So check this out. If you are a sheep, if you are a follower of Jesus, then guess what you have the ability to do? You have the ability to hear God's voice. And I'm going to say that again because you need to know that, New Song students. You have the ability to hear God's voice. But how many of you know, sometimes that's, not, that's a lot easier said than done. So what I want to talk about tonight, and man, I feel a burden for this, is the fact that you have the ability to hear God's voice, but sometimes we just miss it. Sometimes we're just a little bit off. And what I want to talk about is how to properly understand and comprehend and hear God's voice. Because just like I said this past weekend, if God's will is for you to do something, then it's not impossible, right? So if Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, then guess what? You have the ability to hear God's voice. The truth is God is always talking. We just aren't always listening. God is always talking. The creator of the universe, he's always talking to you. We just aren't always listening. And that can be for a bunch of different reasons. Maybe it's because we don't like what we're hearing. <laughs> or maybe it's because we think it's us and not God. But regardless, God is always speaking to us because he loves to talk to his people. In fact, one of God's favorite things to do is see his will accomplished in the world and guess what? He doesn't accomplish his will on the earth by forcing people to do anything. He does it by communicating with people. And that requires us to hear his voice. And so 
We got to learn how to do that. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Okay, let's pray before we get into this word. You guys can bow your heads, close your eyes. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you so much that Jesus, you call us not just sheep that are dumb and, and need a shepherd, but you call us sheep that have the ability to hear your voice. And God, I thank you for every single person in this room, whatever walk of life that we've walked in with, it doesn't matter. You, you say in your word that if we're your sheep, then we have the ability to hear your voice and to follow you, to be led by you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us tonight to see where we're missing it, to see where we're actually hearing you, but we're just not calling it you. Father God, we pray that you would breathe on this message, that you would fill this space, and that you would help us to understand what it truly means to be led by you as our shepherd. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, uh, so most of you guys know this about me, um, and if you don't, you're about to learn, but I grew up in church like a lot of you. How many of you have grown up in church most of your life? I grew up in church like a lot of you guys. And one thing, maybe you can relate to me on this, uh, about me growing up in church, is my parents, we did not miss church for anything. Like, we were at church if the doors were open. Anybody else relate to that? Like, there was no way you were getting around it. Like, there would be times when I was growing up where I would feel like I had a really good excuse to maybe skip a weekend, and I would try to use that excuse as leverage for my mom to try and let me sleep in like just one time. So like maybe I had like a busy week or something or, or a contest for band on Saturday for all my band nerds out there. Or, um, or maybe I just, maybe we got back from traveling. And so I would come up to my mom on these days where I thought I had a really good excuse to skip church. And I'd be like, mom, I'm so tired. I had this crazy week. You know, you saw how tired I am. Can I just skip this one time? It's just one weekend. And, and my mom would say, oh, I'm really sorry. You can take a really good nap when you get home from church today. Has anybody ever heard that response before? It's like, nope, I don't care. You're going to church. Get your butt in the car, right? That was me growing up. We did not miss church for anything. If the church was open, we were there, right? And I really enjoyed church growing up. Um, but when I got into eighth grade, I started hanging out with people that uh, were not the best influence in my youth group. And they started influencing me in ways where I started telling my mom, like, I don't like church anymore. I don't think church is for me. I don't want to go to church. I don't like the youth group. I started, I started vocalizing these, these opinions to my mom about the fact that I didn't want to go to church anymore. And this kind of worried my mom. She was like, you're going to like church. We're going to figure out a way for you to like church. And so we actually started kind of looking at other youth groups and trying to fi find a place for me to, to get involved and to get plugged in. And long story short, I ended up finding a church called North Star, which is actually where Pastor Josh, our pastor, was working at the time. And it's the church that Gateway Church, which is where I'm from and really the reason why I'm here today, they actually bought North Star. And so uh, just long story short, that's how I ended up at Gateway. But when I found myself at this tiny little youth group at North Star Church, something happened on a Sunday morning that I'll never forget. And it's one of those things that, like, 
is not very glamorous on the outside. Like no, nobody would have noticed that anything happened. But for me, it was a game changer for me. So we're in small group. It's on a Sunday and I'm in this tiny little youth group small group and the pastor just preached a, I don't remember what it was about. Hopefully you guys remember my messages years from now, but I didn't. And uh, I'm sitting in this mess in this small group after a great message and we're talking about what the pastor talked about. Um, and really it was him trying to like beg us to talk, like, please say something, right? Please say something about my message. And we're in the small group and one of the girls in the small group that I was in, she said something that I had never heard before. She said, hey, when you were talking about that one point, God reminded me of a verse in scripture. And so she, like right in front of us, she opens her Bible, she turns over to that passage in the Bible and she reads it. And what she read lined up perfectly with what we were talking about that day. And my mind was blown. And here's why. It's because I did not know that we had the ability to hear God's voice. And my mind was blown in this moment because I had never heard that God wanted to talk to us or that God could remind us of a verse and it line up perfectly with what we were talking about. And my mind was blown because I was like, God wants to talk to me? What? The creator of the universe. I, you mean I can tap into that and I can hear God talking to me? My mind was blown. I was like, what just happened? And this is the first time I had ever heard of the concept of the fact that God can speak to you. And really, after that moment, for the next three years of my life, my entire reason why I went to church and my entire reason why I was trying to follow God and all these things was because I, I wanted to experience what that girl experienced on that Sunday, hearing God. And I actually got really discouraged by that because I didn't understand what it meant to hear God. And so I thought I was missing the mark constantly. But now, this far into my walk with God, I can actually look back and I can see that there was a lot of times that God was speaking to me. I just didn't know to call that God. I didn't know that was God. I thought it was just my thoughts or I thought it was just a coincidence or I just thought, I just thought it was just the, the, the signs of the time lining up in front of me, but it was actually God trying to get my attention. And so I'm, this is something I'm really passionate about hearing God because I look back and I see somebody who thought he missed it for years when in reality, just like I said earlier, God's always talking to us. God's always talking to you. Really, it's just a matter of us knowing what he sounds like, how he sounds like, what avenue he wants to speak through. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at this. What does it mean to hear God? I love how Luke, going back to the introduction in the book of Luke, he says this, and it's so relatable to me. He says, it seemed good to me. How crazy is that? Luke is like, hey, could you imagine interviewing Luke in heaven and being like, hey, what was it like when God called you to write the Bible? And Luke is like, it just seemed good to me. And you're like, what? It just seemed good to you? And Luke is like, yeah, it just seemed good to me. Like, that's literally what Luke says. It seemed good to me. Now, I think sometimes we forget how scripture was actually written because we are 2,000 plus years away from when scripture was written. And we have the Bible now. How many of y'all have a Bible in your room or at your house? And we've got the whole thing. We've got different versions. If you've got version on your app, you've got 
thousands of versions of the Bible in your phone. It's all put together. It's pretty. And we never have to think about the people that had to have faith to write it in the first place, right? And look at this. Luke says this. It seemed good to me, having followed all these things for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. So I love this. I love the way Luke introduces the entire book because he says, it just seemed good to me. Like, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we hear this phrase, hearing God, and we think about it too literally. Like we think of Luke hearing God to write the book, and we think of it like this, Luke, I'm your father. For all my Star Wars nerds in the house. Luke, I'm your father. And we think that's how, we think that's how the Bible was written. Like it was so clear. And, and we also think, I think sometimes, I used to think that this is how the Bible was written as a kid. Like God just like possessed people. And they would just, their eyes would roll in the back of their head and they would just start writing. And then they'd wake up from a trance and they're like, whoa, where am I? But you know, that's, that's actually not how God wrote the Bible. Now you need, you need to know God did write the Bible. And he wrote it through people, but he didn't control people. He partnered with people. He didn't control people. He partnered with people. And this is what we need to understand is that God speaks through so many different avenues. And sometimes, you know what? He can speak audibly. I'm not here to say that God does not speak audibly. But you know what? I've actually never heard God speak to me audibly. So how does he speak? If we always talk about this, you can hear God. God wants to talk to you. How does he speak? Well, he speaks in a lot of different avenues, in a lot of different ways. You know, as a young kid growing up in church, I didn't know anything about hearing God other than those two words, hearing God. And so I automatically assumed that if I'm not hearing God with my ears, then I'm not hearing God at all, right? That's what I thought. I thought if I'm not hearing God with my ears, my physical ears, then I'm not hearing God at all. But that's not the case, New Song students. We've got to open up our span of how God can speak to us. There's a, there's a song on a Lecrae album. Uh, any, any Lecrae fans? I like Lecrae. He's pretty good. There's a, there's a song on one of his albums with a guy named Kirk Franklin on it. And Kirk Franklin's a beast. If you don't know him, Kirk Franklin... Kirk Franklin's this gospel guy, uh, and he's, he's incredible. But he, he's featured on one of these Lecrae songs, and he says this. This quote will be on the screen, and it is good. You should write it down. Tweet it or something. Does anybody tweet anymore, by the way? I definitely don't have a Twitter. So, okay. Kirk Franklin says this in this one song. And if what you see is all you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. I'm going to say that again because somebody did not get that in the house. If what you see, if the only thing you see is what's right in front of you, that's all you see, then you do not see all that there is to be seen. So check this out. If I only assume that when God wants to talk to me, it's only audible, then that discounts the, all, all the different ways God's, God wants to speak to you throughout the week. Are you hearing me, New Song students? If, if you only think that when you're here at New Song Students on a Wednesday night and you're sitting in this chair right now and you're hearing me preach to you or you're hearing somebody else preach to you, if this is the only place that you think God can speak to you, then you're going to miss 
all of the opportunities on, on a Monday morning when nobody's looking where God wants to speak to you. You're going to miss all the opportunities on a Thursday afternoon when you're at school and God is trying to whisper something to you, but you just think it's you. Are you hearing me? When we think that God only speaks through one avenue, we miss him in all of the other places that he's trying to speak to you. You know, God will use anything and everything to get your attention. God loves to speak to us. He'll use anything and everything. He'll use your friends to get your attention. He'll use a movie to preach to you. Have you ever watched a movie and man, like, man, that'll preach. You know, that's God talking to you. Have you ever... Uh, Maybe, maybe you experience this. I hear this a lot at New Song. People saying they come onto the, they get to the parking lot and they get out of their car at New Song and they felt something different here. You know, that's God trying to get you into the building. That's God saying, hey, I'm here. I want to, I'm trying to talk to you right now. He's trying to get your attention. He'll use anything and everything. We see this in the Bible. We see God using a burning bush to get Moses' attention. And there's a story in the Bible where we see God using a donkey to get somebody's attention. Did you know that? I'm going to read this story to you. It's crazy. Um, in Numbers 22, chapter 22, there's a story where God literally opens the mouth of a donkey to get somebody's attention. So look at this. It's about the children of Israel. And basically, at this point in the biblical story, the children of Israel are just walking around, and they're just kicking booty and taking names. And like no nation wants to mess with them because they know if they mess with the people of God, that God's going to come down and he's going to smite you or he's going to cut you, or he's going to do something gnarly. And so we don't mess with the children of God because we're going to get cut by God. And so there's this one uh, nation named Moab, and the king of Moab, his name is Balak, and he's trying to get at the children of Israel. But he knows he can't get them directly, or God's going to cut him, right? So he uses a different avenue. He hires a prophet named Balaam, and he says, Hey, Balaam, if you'll curse the children of Israel for me, then maybe I've got a chance. So long story short, Balaam at first says no, but the king talks him into cursing the children of Israel. And this is how God gets Balaam's attention. Look at this. This is chunky. Are y'all ready for it? We can do this. It's chunky. Numbers 22. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. (laughs) That's not good. Somebody say, that's not good. God was angry with him when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Somebody say, that's not good. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, pause. I think it's funny that Balaam did not see the angel of the Lord, but his donkey did. This dude was like texting and driving or something. Like, he was not paying attention. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing there in the road with a sword drawn in his hand. That's scary. Uh, It turned off the road. So the donkey was like, nope, skirt, no thank you. He turned off the road in the field, and Balaam, what did Balaam do? He beat the donkey back into submission, back into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. Are you picturing this with me, New Song students? When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord again, so check this out, Balaam has still not noticed the angel of the Lord in front of him. When the donkey saw this, he uh, went close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So what did Balaam do? He beat the donkey back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord 
moved ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no place to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Somebody, something is wrong with Balaam. Something is wrong with this dude. Pray for him. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. This is where the Bible gets trippy. He opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey. It gets weirder. Balaam starts talking to donkeys. Look at this. You have made a fool of me. No, I think you just made a fool of you by talking to a donkey. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you've always ridden to that day? Have I been in the habit of doing this? In other words, the donkey's like, dude, I never do this. Why are you being mad at me right now? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the Lord. Oh, I get it now. He saw the Lord with the sword, in the row with the sword drawn in his hand. So he bowed low and fell face down. This is a really funny story, but New Song students, I wonder how many times we are just like Balaam, where we're facing God. He is right in front of us. It's pretty loud and clear, and he's trying to get our attention, but we are so focused on anything and everything but what God is trying to say to us. Man, I wonder how many times that God is right in front of us, but we just don't see God in the message. Maybe you've been coming to New Song students for a while, and you've been, maybe you, you, you've been here since our squad goal series, and you have been hearing in your, maybe from your family or from your friends, hey, I don't know about these people you're hanging out with. I'm not sure. And then you hear a whole series about the people, your squad, who you're surrounded with. And let me tell you, God, that is not coincidence. God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to warn you. He's trying to talk to you. Maybe you come here and you hear patterns about things that your family is trying to teach you about. Can I tell you, this is God trying to speak to you. It's God trying to get your attention. God is always speaking, but sometimes we're distracted and we don't notice that he's right in front of us. And that's God talking to you. That's God talking to you. Sometimes the message that God is giving us is loud and clear, but we don't recognize God in the message. I want to go back to Luke. Luke chapter 1. It says, many of us have undertaken to draw up an account for the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So I think one of the things that can keep us from hearing God is distraction. Here's another thing I think that can keep hearing us from God is us believing that what he tells us doesn't really matter. It's it's believing the lies of the enemy that what God is telling me doesn't really matter. Here's why I say that. I think Luke had plenty of reasons to not write the book of Luke. Like, he, he says it. He's like, hey, I'm not an eyewitness. I'm not a minister. In fact, we don't know a whole lot about Luke, but we know that he was a Gentile. So he wasn't a part of, Jew, like, the Jewish crew. He wasn't a part of the disciples. He wasn't a minister, and he was a doctor. So he really didn't qualify on any scale to write a book of the Bible. But look at this. He says, I felt like I needed to. I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to. And here's why I say all of that. I think God wanted Luke's voice for a specific purpose. And I think in the same way, I think God needs your voice for a specific purpose. You know, there are three Gospels, and they're all telling the same story. So why did God need Luke's voice? 
because you can't contain Jesus in just one gospel. He needs all four of them. And he needed Luke's voice. And guess what? In the same way, God needs your voice. And the second that you discredit your voice, the second that you believe your voice doesn't matter, the second you discredit God wanting to talk to you. God wants to talk to you. I've got, a, I've got a study Bible, and it says, Jay, you can throw on some music as we get ready to close. It says this about the book of Luke, about the author of the book of Luke. It says, the gospel of Luke is a carefully researched and selective presentation of the person of Jesus. The book was written to strengthen the faith of believers and challenge misconceptions of unbelievers, especially those from a Greek background. Look at this. This is really important, New Song students. Luke's profession as a medical doctor, in other words, what he did for a living was important. It gives us, it gives the gospel a unique focus, a special flair on Jesus's humanity and the role of Christ as the suffering servant. God needed Luke's voice to show us a new side of Jesus. I wonder what new side of Jesus God wants to show to people through your voice. But how many of you know we can't do that if we don't think God talks to us? If we're not looking for God to speak to us, not just Wednesday night and Sunday, but Monday through Friday, every single day, then we're missing an opportunity for God to use our unique voice for our people. So check this out. God wants to talk. He's always talking. Sometimes he's in the message and we aren't seeing it because we're distracted. But here's what all of this leads to. Look at this. There's two things that we need in order to hear God. The first is this, and you can't get around this one. Every time you hear God, it takes something called faith. You can't get around that. And I think this is where I got tripped up as a kid. I thought that God would speak to me in such a way that I wouldn't need faith to believe it was him. Now, I'm gonna say that again, because somebody didn't get that. I wanted God to speak to me in a way that didn't require me to use any faith. I wanted God to make it so obvious for me that I didn't even have to question that it was God. But every time God spoke to somebody in the Bible, it required something called faith. You know what that means? That means they didn't know for sure. Every single story in the Bible where God talks to somebody, you know there was a moment where the enemy tried to come in and slipped out in and tried to talk them away from, that wasn't God, that was just your thoughts. That wasn't God, that's just a coincidence. That wasn't God speaking to you, that's just a pattern. And every single person in scripture had to decide Was that God or was it not? And it took faith. It takes faith to hear God's voice. It takes faith. And last thing is this. We see this with Luke. He says, I carefully investigated everything from the beginning. Here's what Luke knew. He didn't just have faith. He knew God's word. Luke was so carefully investigated. In other words, he was so in tune with God's word that he was able to decipher what was God and what wasn't. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the what? The word of God. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God. How many of you wanna know what the will of God is for your life? Man, I know I do. Guess how we do it? We do it by hearing God's word, by knowing his word. How many of you would say, man, I wanna hear God, but you would also say to yourself, man, I actually don't know God's word very well. 
Because can I tell you, you can't hear God's voice if you don't know what his word says about him. Because when we hear God's word, when we get in God's word, that teaches us, this is what God sounds like. This is how God speaks to you. You know, uh, there are seasons in my life where I know I'm in tune with God more than ever. And it's at the beginning of the year. Some of you guys know, some of you guys know this about me, but me and Haley, we do this thing at the beginning of the year called the 30 day shred. And it's where we read through the entire Bible in 30 days. And it's hard. And it's, it's a lot of work. But can I tell you, more than any other time of the year, I know God is speaking so loud and clear when I'm in his word all the time. And so my challenge to you, New Song students, is this. Maybe this is something that you struggle with. Maybe you've heard and you've had the understanding, okay, God wants to talk to me, but you struggle with whether that you have the ability or not. Can I ask you, are you using faith? Are you in God's word? When you have those two things, I promise you, you will hear God's voice because God is always talking and he wants to talk to you because you are his sheep and he loves you so much. And he's not the author of confusion. He wants to show you exactly where to go. And it's important for us to know what he sounds like. New Song students, I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight.